Hello and welcome to the Unexcited Podcast. I'm Logan. And I'm Natalie. And today we're talking about GameStop. Yes. Should you invest in GameStop? Everyone is talking about it. Everywhere I go, it's talk about the stock market and this GameStop thing. So we're going to talk about it, learn more about it. Our friend Jimmy knows a little bit about the stock market and he's going to kind of explain to us the basics kind of what's going on with GameStop. If you are wanting to invest, not necessarily in GameStop, but in the stock market, what are the best tactics to start off with? Because it can be like a roller coaster ride. Yes. And we're also going to talk about these platforms like Robinhood Mm -hmm. and all these guys that are interfering with the stock market and how criminal that is. And I know it is criminal, but I need Jimmy's help because I don't know how. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we don't really know why. <laughs> I know it's, it's wrong, but it I don't know why seems it's wrong. wrong. It seems, it's like the TikToks you get where you're like, feels like I shouldn't be watching this. This feels illegal. When I'm watching people TikTok from jail, I'm like, how do you have TikTok? I don't think I should be seeing this. That's what it yeah, feels something's like. Something's not right. <laughs> Something is not right. So... He's going to break it down Jimmy's going to clear things up a bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. Also, Jimmy's in Cape Cod at Joey's parents' house in Cape Cod alone. No way. Yeah. Wow, that'd be so fun. But also, Joey is planning on going um, all of February to work on music. Oh my gosh. Are you guys ever coming back? No, I'm coming back. Joey's not. He's going to Cape Cod to do music, I'm coming back because I literally, I have to. Like, I cannot be away for any longer. <laughs> uh, Natalie, I'm doing Whole30. Logan, if I eat any shittier... No, I'm not <laughs> kidding you. I am doing Whole30. When I when I touch down okay. in LA, that's Thank it. I'm God. doing it. I had a mental breakdown in, in Mexico, and I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. I had to stop drinking. I have to stop eating sugar. I have to stop being around fucking Joey, who's like making me eat all this <laughs> bullshit. You know what I had tonight? You know what I had tonight? Oh gosh. Burger sushi. <laughs> Burger <laughs> sushi. That is such a Joey thing if I've ever it heard is of it. So gross. Oh, I'm crying of laughter. Burger meat wrapped in rice. Oh my gosh. Deep fried with potato over the rice with ketchup, mustard, pickle, and onion on it. <laughs> I cannot I cannot deal with it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Chino uh, and I were literally looking at ourselves. Like we have gotten so pudgy from just so eating bad. so bad. I told Joey, I, I had to text him on the way here. I was like, I hope you know I'm done. Like, I cannot live like this anymore. He was like, yeah, 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 I can't do it either. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. I really can't, though. Now, I was like, when I get back in LA, Nellie and I are going are going to do Whole30. We're going to do all, and you're not going to be there. Yes. We're going to be great without you. Amen, <laughs> sister. Oh, Amen. my God. I was like, I can't do it. I need to cleanse. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let Jimmy in. What's up, Natalie? Oh, you're doing no video, huh? No, I, being... thought I, I thought I did video. I, 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 put my, I put my video on. You're being real discreet there, huh? <laughs> cool. Natalie, it's good to see you, even though you can't see me. Jimmy, 
We are so grateful to have you on. I need help understanding the stock market and I need help understanding what exactly is going on with GameStop. <laughs> okay. I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably hearing a little snippets about what's going on, but really, we don't really get it. You know what I mean? If you don't trade stocks. Exactly. You don't, uh, I just don't really understand. So maybe first explain how it works as if you were explaining it to like a first grader. Yes. (laughs) Elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it is a really interesting situation. Like what's happening right now for more than just, you know, the stock market outside of just like stocks and the fundamentals of a market. Like it's interesting because it's, uh, you know, there's a huge social construct behind it. There's a whole, I don't want to call it like a revolt, but it kind of is on one hand for a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, essentially, all right. So with the stock market, one fundamental component is supply and demand, right? So actually, you know, a great example of supply and demand is this past year when everybody suddenly was trying to buy hand sanitizer and it was like 10 times the price, right? Oh, yes. There was suddenly it's not even that there was much less of a supply than there normally is. It's just suddenly that normal supply of hand sanitizer when everybody was wanting it and there was just a massive demand, it causes the price to go up because it can go up. Let's say if I have, I have a pen and there are 10 people that want to buy my pen, I can sell it for a lot more than if only one of them wanted to buy it. And I can charge more, you know, I could say, Oh, well, Tom wants to buy it for a dollar. So Fred's willing to give me $3 and Sarah's willing to give me $5, you know? So that fundamental supply and demand, you know, the nature of supply and demand is, is crucial in, in what's happening right now with GameStop. The other key concepts are shorting a stock. I'm sure a lot of people are hearing about that, right? So mm-hmm. you had a couple big hedge funds, one in particular, Melvin and Melvin Capital, they took a what's called a short position on GameStop and a short position is a, is essentially you're borrowing shares of a of a stock, all right. So you're borrowing shares of GameStop, for example, and you are committing to returning them, which means that you have to buy them in, at a later date in order to return the stocks that you borrowed. Um, that's like uh-huh. the most bi- kind of basic idea. Like so, you're borrowing shares of a stock and you're speculating that the price is going to go down. So when you short a stock, the most basic way to look at it is that you're betting that the stock is going to go down. So if you start, you, you open your short position at $15 and the stock drops to 10, you know, you make $5 a share, right? Oh, because so you want the you stocks want that you to buy down. to go down in price. Yeah, you, you want them to fail. Uh, exactly. Well, f- yeah, fail is a strong word, but I mean, you're, you're not wrong though. It's like if a company, if I have a short position and the company totally fails, I mean, the only issue with a company actually failing would be that if the stock is no longer on the exchange, then I can't fulfill my order. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, you want it to go down. The borrowing component can get a little tricky because you know, brokers, even like Robinhood, Robinhood actually, to the best of my knowledge, Robinhood is, they borrow shares from, from users of the app. So if if you have Robinhood and you're, you buy some stocks here and there, and let's say you own Apple and you're holding on to Apple. Um, so again, to the best of my knowledge, I think Robinhood actually 
use it like leverages your stocks they, they borrow your mm-hmm. stocks and which is a kind of a crazy concept i mean i, I yeah not, not, not to get yeah. into like the like whether that's right or wrong but it, it, jo- it just goes to show like the intricacies of the market and all these like financial instruments that you know big institutions are playing around with the base concept of like a short position is you're betting the stock is going to go down uh-huh. so so melvin capital they took a short position on gamestop Mm-hmm. Um, and the basic breakdown of what happened is that there are, there are certain regulatory filings that are public. So really anybody can see that they took this position. So you had wall street bets, which is the, you know, the Reddit, um, group that I'm sure by now a lot of people have heard about, but it's been a pretty prolific and, you know, it's a, it's a very big group, right? I think now there's mm-hmm. like 8 million people on wall street bets, 8 million people. Yeah, is a my lot gosh. Of people. Yeah. It was like 2 million before. Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> on the yeah. Reddit thread. Right. Wow. So it all started on Reddit? Yeah, Reddit is where it took off. I mean, I think the guy Crazy. was Gil. Gil something was the... So he went on Reddit and said, hey guys, you should invest in GameStop. Yeah, because he was like, these hedge funds are betting that GameStop is practically going to fail. And they were like, so why don't we mess with them and start buying the stock and it will go up and they won't make their money back. In fact, they won't make any money and we will. So it was not, it's less about GameStop and more about trying to screw over the big. The rich, really. It's like, it's like, it's funny because Robinhood, the app for investing was kind of on the play of words of like Robinhood steal from the rich and give to the poor. But really, it's kind oh. of like Robin Hood is, you can steal from the rich as long as it doesn't hurt the rich. But once you start really stealing from them, then it's not okay. Because then they were blocking trades to GameStop. They weren't letting anyone trade it. You couldn't buy it at all. They were blocking you from doing it. They, they kind of shut down. Okay, that makes way more yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Because my biggest confusion, and I know I sound very stupid, but my biggest confusion was, why the hell does everyone want GameStop? Mm-hmm. It's such a, like, I think who cares about all, GameStop? People, but people are also very passionate about GameStop because it's very nostalgic. And it's like, it's uh-huh. like someone like, if GameStop is important to you and you see that someone's like, oh, GameStop's going to go bankrupt, they're over. You're kind of like, wait a minute. Like, what if I can do something to kind of save them and uh-huh. screw over the people that are thinking it's going to fail? Uh-huh. Yeah. So this guy put it out on Reddit, like, let's do this. And people just jumped on board. Yeah, pretty much. And it happens. It's, it's been happening a lot recently in, in like the online forum space. So whether it's cryptocurrencies or certain stocks, I mean, before GameStop, we saw AMC. So AMC yeah. was actually kind of the first pump that happened. People have different motivations and, there are some people on Reddit who genuinely were just kind of like, screw the man, like, you know, stick it to the suits, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the game, I think in, in terms of GameStop, it was largely, it turned into that really quickly. And it, it I mean, they also see an opportunity to make money though, right? So if you yeah. can get, I mean, even if you take from where they were, 2 million people before the now 8 million, 2 million people that are subscribed to this subreddit, that even if like a half of them are jumping on board to like start buying a stock, then what happens is like that supply and demand suddenly gets flipped and there's a ton of demand because everybody, all these like a million people potentially, right. you know, 2 million people just from this one subreddit 
yeah. are wanting to buy this stock and multiple shares of it say. So it's, it's, it's very powerful. Wow. Yeah. It's very powerful when you can get that many people on board with something. Um, one, one danger though, however, is like now once things, once things reach the point where everybody is hearing about it and like random people who've never invested in the stock market before or don't know really what's going on start just thinking they should buy GameStop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. This, well, this is where Robinhood was leveraging this because they were trying to come across as this, uh, they were protecting people because, um, which I, I think is a fair point. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's entirely true, but I think that, listen, like you're going to have people that jump in right now when GameStop's been, you know, between three fifty, four hundred dollars $400, you know, it's, it's, it's out astronomical amounts and, you're going to have people that buy in now and it's going to come down. It has to yeah. come down. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you have, you have average people who don't know much about stocks and who are getting in now either because they just think that they can ride this wave up and it's, it's a dangerous now is like the worst point, but I, there, there are other people who bought in at, at you know, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks or whatever. And their attitude is just like, I don't care if I lose this couple hundred dollars. Like let's say they bought a couple shares, a few hundred dollars. It's really just their vote of screw you, their middle mm-hmm. finger to the man, you know, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, what we're in right now, this moment is called a short squeeze. I don't know how technical I should get, but we are, when somebody takes a short position, like Melvin, this, this big hedge fund and all these Redditors say, wait a second, they're shorting GameStop. Everybody start buying it. And then all that demand creates it to spike and it's shooting up as the price is going up. Essentially what happens is Melvin capital and these hedge funds that were shorting it have to cover their shares right. and the higher it gets, the more they have to pay per share. Right? So they have, they're quickly racing to cover their shares. And what does that do? it creates more demand because they have to buy shares. So you have all these Redditors and all these people that are buying shares, buying shares to create this demand and surge the price up. And then these hedge funds are forced to try to buy back shares as quickly as they can, which in turn causes it to go up even more. And that's where we're we're at right now. And it's called a short squeeze. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very like uh, unpleasant place to be if you're, if you're the hedge fund, but, but again, people have, a lot of disdain for them right now. So are they basically out of all that money? Like they really can't do anything to get it back, right? Yeah, Melvin Capital, I believe, lost like 50% of their portfolio. Wow. <laughs> so if I were to go on right now and somehow buy GameStop stock. It would not be worth it. I would lose more than it's worth it. And why, why is that? Why is it no longer? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I, I can't say it won't go up a little bit more or that there's not going to, it really depends on this constant pressure that, you know, the, the people are kind of putting toward it, the Robin hoods of the world of Reddit, right. Mm-hmm. All these people that are doing it as a display of, um, of resilience or whatever you want to call it. So, but eventually yeah. So it could go up another hundred dollars. I, I don't know, but eventually GameStop uh-huh. is fundamentally not worth that much money per share. Yeah. So if you, you know, you, you put in, you buy a share for $400 right now, let's say it goes up to 50 bucks, but then, you know, it goes up 50 bucks, like 450 something. I, I don't know. And then you, you got to sell right away to capitalize on that or else. I mean, it, 
it's going to come back down and it's going to come yeah. back down fast and hard because what happens is the opposite of these type of pumps, which is the dump component. You know, that's why pump and dump, it's something that's pumped up really fast. The moment everything has momentum, the moment people start selling, other people see other people start selling and you see the price uh, dropping a little bit and then it drops a little more and then you sell and then everybody else sells and it just, it can plummet. So this thing can plummet literally tomorrow it could drop in half and then half again. So that is kind of scary. So do you have GameStop stocks right now? Did you get in no, it? No, no. So I didn't, I, I've been on Wall Street bets. Um, I, I don't go on too often, but I, I think that there's some, it can be, you know, it can be fun and entertaining. There's some good ideas that go around there, but I remember when it, it kind of was, had just started, you know, like a few days after, or, you know, I remember when it was approaching a hundred dollars or, yeah, like 80, you know, it was 80 to hundred dollar range. And I was just like, this is, this is something really unique that's just happening. And I, I thought about it for fun, buying a few shares to see how like, let's ride this wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 again, it's just, a, you don't know when that wave is going to crash. And, you know, I mean, now if I were like, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. if I knew that it was going to hit where it hit I, and then I knew the timing, but then sure I could have bought shares for a hundred dollars and now they would have like doubled, tripled in price and I could have sold at the right time. But, um, yeah, it's just so speculative. It's so risky and it's just not like now I know when the right time was, but then, yeah. you know, you so. really don't know in the moment, like when the pandemic first happened in March, the stock market dropped at an all time low. And just mm. the other day I was looking like just at like companies that I know really well and that I've worked with, like Revolve, for example, the clothing brand, they went public in the end of 2019. And in March, their stock was $7. And I was looking back like, dang, if I had bought in a hundred shares at at $7 and if I had sold it at the all-time high today at $35, I would have made about 25 grand off of that. But looking back, you don't know in the moment that it's going to get to that. You don't know if it'll ever get high yeah. enough. Yeah. And, but then again, like $35, it could go up even more. But then when do you know when to sell? Like the short-term investing Ugh. is so up in the air. You don't you can't know. predict. You can't right. predict. Well, yeah, just real quick. There is a distinction between like trading and investing, right? So when yeah. you essentially when you invest, you're investing and like the stock market's going to go up and down. Like, you know, there's, there's always something happening pretty substantial, at least every 10 years that, you know, creates dips. And, you know, Warren Buffett has that famous quote, like time in the market beats timing the market, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're there trying to buy when it's low and sell when it's high, which is what trading is on different time time frames. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I will say though, like that, like I personally do like trade, like I, I do what's called swing trading. I'll hold a stock for like a few weeks, you know, maybe, maybe a couple months, um, maybe less, maybe a week, even depending on the, the position, but there, yeah, it's definitely something that you need a lot of understanding. I don't, you know, you can't just go out there. You have to have a really good idea and understanding of the fundamentals and the technical analysis of like, where a stock's at. So mm-hmm. like there, there are tools you can use. It's just, it's a serious thing to get into and it's not just willy nilly. My brother got GameStop or GameStop <laughs> stock. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but my question is, 
So does he sit on it? He should sell. This, so this situation, like to Logan's point about just buying and then having having it, having the price, not knowing when the price is going to go up or what's going to happen. That's one thing, but that and that's uh-huh. that's in general. But with with this situation with GameStop, I mean, this is just it couldn't be more volatile. It's like the definition of volatility. There's yeah. There's no. There are no <laughs> fundamental reasons for the stock to be at the price it's at. In, in there are no fundamental reasons. Um, it's only this this force of this mass amount of people, which is kind of like a beautiful thing to see. But it's like <laughs> the stock is not worth what it's at. So I don't know where you know when your brother bought in, uh-huh. but that could not make a big difference. <laughs> like if he if he bought in at a hundred dollars, I'd say yes, sell right now because it's I think it's over. You know, it's been bouncing around like three fifty. Where let's see where it's at right now. Oh, Two twenty-five. Just because GameStop stock is like expensive doesn't mean that GameStop itself is doing well. I mean, like, who's going into GameStop? It's not like they're building more <laughs> GameStops across the country. In fact, they're probably closing more. Yeah. And no one's really going there. So it's kind of funny how usually you would think the stock market reflects how well a company is doing, but and the the <laughs> point of GameStop, it's literally. It completely is the opposite. Just throw it off. It doesn't reflect how GameStop as a company is doing in like the real world. It's kind of crazy because if you think about it, then people can kind of control the stock market if they kind of gang up like this, like they did mm-hmm. on Reddit. I know. Are we realizing our power? Yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah. he- here's my question for you, Jimmy. A lot of people are coming out and saying that like Robin Hood and all of these, the people that run these companies, I guess, are criminals and they should go to jail. Like, gosh, the guy that runs Barstool. Oh, Dave Portnoy. He came out with this big video and was on the news. Yes. Saying they're all criminals and they're messing with the free market and they all need to go to jail. What is your take on that? Uh, That's a loaded, that's a big question, but- my immediate reaction isn't, oh, they should go to jail. I think that I personally don't don't agree with them stopping people from trading, right? I use another platform, but they sent out a similar email. I think that their restrictions were, weren't as harsh as Robinhood, but they were they still put some restrictions on GameStop and other and like AMC and other other stocks. I think that what they the actions they took were weren't too bad like they they just like limited things like buying on margin which is essentially borrowing money um from your broker which i think is smart in this case because if you have a ton of new people who don't aren't even really investors just jumping in and accidentally you know buying stocks on margin they could seriously lose a lot of money so Mm -hmm. and the flip side is that these are private companies and they can i don't want to say they can make their own rules but you know if if Robinhood doesn't want to let you trade. Use a broker that will let you trade. I mean, that's another rebuttal. If you want to talk about free markets, that's another, that's a quick rebuttal to that. I mean, but no, I I don't agree with like Robinhood. I don't agree with what seems to be their intention, which was protecting the hedge funds as much as they could at a given moment in time for them to step in and like try to like Mm. stifle trading of GameStop, which is alleviating that upward pressure that was being caused is them helping out the, it's helping out the hedge funds get it, giving them a chance to recoup their position, right? And that's, uh, I, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they should go to jail for that, but I think that as a society, we need to constantly have this conversation of like, you know, how important the free market is and what, what, to what degree companies like brokers can jump in and, and create these short-term regulations. And yeah, I think it's an ongoing conversation, but I mean, I, yeah. I definitely tend to lean more towards the side of yeah, free market, no doubt. So I feel like people were so upset with Robinhood is because they were like the one platform where they made trading and investing kind of simple. Like I use Charles mm-hmm. Charles Schwab because my dad, he uses it. And I was like playing around with the website and it is so complicated and so hard to understand. And they do not make it easy to invest or to trade stocks. Let me tell you, the platform is so unorganized. It's so confusing it takes hours to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But Robinhood was supposed to be like super simple, easy to do, like for the everyday person, you know? Like anyone, anyone can Anyone can do it. And so I think yeah. people were so upset with them because they they were they're owned by one of the huge head funds, right? It starts with an S, if I'm remembering correctly, from a different podcast. They're owned by a hedge fund. So the fact that they're advertising that they represent and work for the average people and really they don't have their best interests in mind. I think that's why they were so upset with Robinhood because all these other institutions, like it's kind Mm -hmm. of confusing if you don't know what you're doing to log on, you see all these different things and you don't know what you're looking for. Like what's an ETF? What's, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between an ETF and a stock? Mm -hmm. And it's like so much work going through it all. So I can understand why people were upset with that platform, specifically Robinhood. You know, on the other hand, this is just me playing devil's advocate. It's not really, it's not necessarily my position, but it's just, like you said, most of Robinhood's cost, you know, their customers or consumer base, it's not like your seasoned trader. You know, these aren't people, these are average people. And you could argue that that's why they over all other brokers had an obligation to kind of potentially prevent all their customers from losing money. When you're in a short squeeze like we're in now and the price is skyrocketing and you have people that don't know, they have no idea why they're buying this stock. They just think, they just see it going up and up and they want to get some of the action. And yeah, Robinhood has by far the most newcomers in trading and you, I'm just saying you could make the argument that they had an obligation to those people to protect them from buying a stock that was so volatile. Yeah. So that's just a devil's advocate uh-huh. perspective. I do see yeah. your point. Would you recommend people continue to use Robinhood? Like say if I wanted to start trading and I know nothing about it, would you say that Robinhood is a good choice or would you recommend a different app? If, if you wanted to genuinely start trading and like learn how to trade stocks. And, mm-hmm. and when I say trade, like we we're talking about earlier with the difference between trading and investing, like really the ability to mm-hmm. in a smart way, buy a stock and plan, having a, having a plan, like in, an exit plan to sell that stock. You know, I, I personally would not recommend Robinhood I, like at all. I mean, there, I remember when yeah. I first came out, I was tempted to download it and just throw some fun money in, but it's, um, especially because it was such an easy platform and the app was just super fast to download. Um, so I think like it's a personal choice, but 
personally, I would rather use a better platform if I really want to trade stocks. Um, you can just see better metrics. Mm-hmm. You can, it, the, it's just the layout is better. The data is better. Um, the ability to you know, perform a technical analysis is a lot better on something like Thinkorswim, which is TD Ameritrade's app. So, uh, but I mean, on the other hand, if your if your goal is more just you have some money that you're you know, not like gambling money, but you you have some money that's not your all of your savings, um, and you want to kind of buy some ETFs and buy some stocks that you just really believe in as a as a, a vote of confidence and an investment in the future of that company then sure, Robinhood could be a fine, a fine platform, right? You know, like if, if you want to buy Tesla or Apple, you know, or any of the, what's called the FANG companies, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Um, if you want to buy any of those, yeah, you can buy them on Robinhood and hold on. You know, they're, they're the companies, they're companies that are always going to kind of almost, almost, I don't want to say definitely because nothing's definite, but you know, companies that are just stable and you're investing in for the future. I don't see a problem with Robinhood as a, you know, compared to any other platform. So, but trading like short term, definitely not. I, I personally do not recommend, I would not recommend that. Now I think that I am so new to stocks that I would be safer not even doing it at all. But honestly, you should invest not necessarily trading, in the long term, yes, you know, and like mutual funds and stuff like that, because you don't necessarily have to think about it. You kind of just put your money there and you see how it grows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would thousand percent agree with that. You know, like one thing I always tell people personally is that if you have your money in savings, right? Savings, mm-hmm. savings accounts these days, the interest rates essentially zero. And if you look at inflation on an annual rate, which is around, you know, average, I think it's averaging around like 4% or it it varies, but historically I think it's average around 4% a year. But the the point is like, you're not even competing with inflation. So if you have a hundred dollars in a savings account at the end of the year, your hundred dollars will not be worth the same that it was at the beginning of the year. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that having, some having a good portion of your savings, especially anything long-term, it should be in something like a 401k or, you know, your own mutual funds, like Logan mentioned, or index funds. There are, you know, there are a handful of like ways to invest it in a smart way. That's for, you know, the long-term and w- which will keep, you know, which will a- average you some pretty good annual returns. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I feel like the first time we kind of all really, or at least me personally, really like thought about shorting and that term and everything was the movie, the big short with Michael <laughs> yeah. Burry when he yes. shorted the housing market and kind of called that from the start. And I remember watching uh-huh. that movie and being so fascinated because everyone thought he was so crazy and he was losing so much money, kept getting higher and higher and higher. And then all of a sudden, boom, it dropped and his company became like worth a billion dollars. Yeah. I forget and the number he writes on the board at the end. Yeah, exactly. Like and you're just like, Oh my God. And then I remember at the very end, it was like, like a little update about his life. And he, and at the, the last sentence is Michael Burry is currently investing in water. And I was like, what? <laughs> I need to go research 
some water stocks. <laughs> he's doing it. I'm doing it. He's cheap. He's investing. I want to invest. But for something like that, can you actually look up what people are investing? Like, can I see Bill Gates or any of those people? Can you see what they invest? Or is there like a platform for that? So yeah, it depends if it's a personal, if it's like, you know, let's say Bill Gates' personal fund. Like not, there's no there's no reason that that would be public. So unless right. he, unless he says something, then yeah, it's not going to be public. There are talk about this hedge fund shorting the stock. There's there are these filings that happen, uh, these regulatory filings, and that information is public. But that's that's the institutions, which is still mm-hmm. valuable to you know to to look at, especially if you're a big you know trader and really just want to know what's going on. But yeah, no, people's personal positions, you, you can't see unless they decide to say something. So you kind of have to just do your own research and yeah. you can't just copy what someone else does. Definitely not. I mean, look, <laughs> I at, look at what's to, happening yeah. right now with GameStop. <laughs> you have this thing, this trend kickoff, right? Where it's just like, guys, everybody buy GameStop, buy GameStop. And you have yeah. people doing it. But like, if you look at how that breaks down, there are clearly people, even on Wall Street Bets, on the Reddit, the subreddit, there are people that got in earlier and were encouraging every other, everybody else to get in. And then more people were getting in and they're all encouraging each other. But those people who got in first are benefiting the most. And actually right. they're, they're almost guilty. Some of them it depends on what their intentions are really, but I, you know, it happens oftentimes like with these pump and dump, you know, situations where you, it's like, Hey guys, let's all buy this stock. It's going to skyrocket and let's just push it up, push it up, push it up. Don't sell, don't sell, push it up. we got to stick it to the man, whatever the narrative is. But really they're telling a lot of these other Redditors or whomever to keep buying and holding while they're selling that definitely, that's definitely going on. I mean, don't think that there aren't, there are like, again, anytime somebody buys a stock, somebody else has to sell it. So. Right. And do you think that in a way, the people who started all this are kind of benefiting more than the company GameStop. Like they're getting more money than GameStop is, right? Yeah. I mean, how the question of like how GameStop benefits is... Uh, do they even? I think how they do is publicity. And there is this like people standing up for GameStop, like through the stocks. I, was, I went to the mall here the other day and I passed by GameStop actually. And it's just like... I, I it just the feel of like looking into it and like the posters and like the people that like, it just seemed like it was more lively. And that's like, that's very subjective, but mm-hmm. you know, I do get the impression that people are kind of, it, it, it could help them in that, in that way, in this publicity sense, it could, it could somehow encourage consumers to go buy stuff or order stuff from GameStop instead right. of Amazon or what have you. I think that's, Absolutely accurate because I haven't even thought about GameStop in years. Me neither. And suddenly, suddenly all this talk about GameStop and I'm thinking, whoa, GameStop must have really gotten their act (laughs) together or something. And I'm flooded by all these memories of being like younger and going and trading in games. (laughs) I do think they are getting more publicity than they have in a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll last. <laughs> you know, I think that if you, if you just look at the business, they're like a, they're a brick and mortar video game store in, an, in a time period where video <laughs> games are just. Cause you just download well, them yeah. right from your. Yeah. Game but I, I don't, I don't play too. I don't really play at all actually, but like, yeah, my understanding is essentially you get all your games on your PlayStation or on your Xbox. And, you know, so un- unless yeah. GameStop's able to pull off some very, unique service that they offer. I don't see how 
they they last really. When people start selling off their GameStop stocks, it's going to plummet pretty bad, correct? Yeah, probably. I think that you can, I mean, even if you look at the chart, I, I just have the chart up here. And if you look at over the past five days, right, the volatility, right, like the jumping from January 29th is at 379, you know, and then today it's down at 225. Like that, that's a massive jump. Wow. That's absolutely. That's a massive jump. Yeah. You know, it, it, even January 28th, it was at $469. Oh my God. God. Literally the next, you know, within the next day, the next morning, it was at $132. So yeah, that's, I mean, you absolutely, you can expect this to like just drop at some point it's going to drop and maybe it'll tick up and then drop again. I think that's like, what, you know, what I'm looking at here is like, you can see that there was like a big drop, especially from that point of like the 469 down to the 132. And I think at this point there was like more media coverage and there was pressure and like there are, there is still this, like I've been on Reddit and I've been on like 4chan and other forums and there is this communal attitude still of like, guys don't sell, let's keep it up. Let's keep this pushing. Let's run this up. So Mm -hmm. I, uh, but I mean, eventually it's just, unless everybody's willing to keep their money in GameStop for forever, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not, not it has to drop. Now, what happens to GameStop when everybody sells? It's a great question. I, nothing, you know, you know, uh, (laughs) are they just watching from the sidelines? Like, Like, whoa, this is kind of cool. Again, like I think publicity, hopefully they're probably trying to work with. And then the other thing I've thought about is I wonder who at GameStop, because I don't know how they divvy out their shares amongst employees or upper Mm -hmm. management, but like, I do wonder if like, you know, let's say you're the CEO of GameStop and you have X amount of shares and you're like, Hey, now's a freaking great time to sell. How, you, know, you know, like you're like 10% of my shares, even I just got like a million bucks where that was only worth, you know, like a hundred thousand or less, you know, like a few weeks ago. Oh my gosh. That would be a great but, time. I mean, to again, like there, it, it is when you're, when you are in upper management, it's not, it's not always that easy to just sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I have thought about yeah. that, like who at GameStop is, how they're trying to take advantage of this time or use it to their advantage in some way. It's all very interesting. It's all I know. so weird. Yeah. Like we're already in such a weird time. And then for all this GameStop drama to happen, it's just <laughs> another random. <laughs> I think it's kind of yeah. great. I feel like it's like people are taking back the control or at least the stock market in a way, because really it's meant for everyone. But in a way, these institutions have made it difficult for people to understand it and to even get into it and to know what, I mean, you're not taught this in school. You're not taught in high school or college, unless you're taking finance or accounting. You're not taught anything about the stock market. You don't know how it works. You don't know how to invest. And it's like a human right to be able to, like, it's free. You can, anyone can do it. You just kind of have to figure out how to do it on your own, which I think is kind of sad because if it's a free stock market and a free market, like if anyone can do it, then you should kind of be taught the basics. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I definitely think education on like how it's smart to, whether it's even just like investing, like we were talking about earlier for retirement in mutual funds or in a, you know 401k. I mean, most people just mm-hmm. wait until they have a job that has them in a 401k. Right. And that's that. But yeah, I, I, education is definitely key. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at how it's changed over the years, n- not education, but the, uh, just everything, right. So technology has, has made 
has turned this into a whole nother animal. Whereas in the eighties, you know, earlier, but like, I just, the eighties pop in my mind of like, got, you know, brokers on phone call, you know, making mm-hmm. cold calls and trying to get people to sign up for stocks. But there, there wasn't that ease of everybody being able to jump in and buy stocks. Right. So right. historically, historically mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been the norm for, for people to be able to buy with such ease, you know, like, I mean, like everything, I mean, technology, yeah. obviously it's not, it's not exclusive to stocks. It's everything. Everything's just insanely easier. Seem, seamless. I mean, Uber, it's, it's insane. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think absolutely with stocks being so such an accessible thing for everybody, there, there needs to be even more education. What is one piece of advice that you would like to leave with our listeners who are thinking about investing or trading? Be smart. I mean, that sounds very, very simple, but seriously, be smart. And if something, if something seems too good to be true, it you know probably is oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And more than that, it's like take your time with something. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're having FOMO, take a second, stop, and give it give it time. Do not if if you're being encouraged or feeling like you need to act immediately, or else you're going to miss this opportunity. Take a step back and just. Time is your time is the your greatest asset, really. So yeah, be be smart and don't rush into these things, mm-hmm. especially these these pump and dump type situations. So pump and dump. <laughs> I hate that phrase. I love that saying. <laughs> it makes me think of other things. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, it's very it's pretty gross. Well, thank you for talking to us about the stock market. We have one more question yeah. for you. We ask everyone who comes on. What are you currently undecided about? It could be anything. <laughs> what is one thing you are undecided about? Aside from everything, <laughs> let's see. Yep. I'll just, I'm most undecided currently about where I want to be living over the next, you know. Mm. Like, yeah. California. He's, you're not a California <laughs> guy. No, you're, you're not. an East Coaster. <laughs> I want you to be a California guy, but I know that deep down you're East Coast. You're never gonna. You you come for a little, and then you you get there, and you immediately regret it. Yeah, just visit. We'll see. We'll see. One, I definitely want to make it out there, but it's everything's. Joe, if you want to talk to Joey or Sean, it sounds like it's in other people. I feel like LA is not great. Just it's not great right now. So. Eventually, yeah, you should come over the summer or something. I'm going to Ireland for like a month. Oh yeah, in March, yeah. right? Oh, you lucky, lucky Natalie's yeah, homeland. And maybe Tanzania. I don't know. Oh well, cool. Cool. Ugh, that's more exciting than LA. So, okay, what am I indecided about? I guess, I guess I have kind of been into the stock market for the past like two months because my dad has kind of like not forced me, but he like set up an account for me and everything because I have savings, and he was like, "You can't put in a savings account because there's no interest in it." Yeah, to put in the stock market and money markets, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever. But I do not know what to invest in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have money in like ETFs and mutual funds, but he was like, you have to play around with it, invest in companies you like. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to take the chance. He was like, mm. well, take some like play money and like play around with them. Like I have too much anxiety for that. Like I'm anxious enough and to see that dip when I log yeah. in, I'm like, mm, I'm out. So I guess I'm undecided about whether to 
actually invest in like companies, new companies that I like, not like, you know, like the Apples and the Amazons, but companies that could be the Apples and the Amazons. Cause you really just never know. One way to look at it. It's like, this is your vote of confidence in the company. You know, right. I'll give you an example. When I first moved out to LA 2016, I bought three shares of Tesla, right? And they were like mm-hmm. 270 a pop. Not like a crazy amount of money, but considering my job at the time, my mom, I remember telling her, she's like, wait, like, that sounds kind of risky. Are you sure? I was like, listen, you know, because I believed in Tesla. And I loved what they were doing. I loved how they were doing it you don't want to just throw money and like not care. You know, you want to be confident that you believe in like what they're doing. But you know, like in that case that paid off tremendously each, each one of those shares that those three shares are now worth a total of 15 and each one's at like 800 plus dollars. I I do agree with your dad. I just think if you find a company that you really are just passionate about, it'll feel, it'll feel less bad when those dips are there because Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter. You're like, you're in it with them almost. Right. Natalie, what are you undecided about? Mine's kind of lame, but I want to get into running again, but I really need new running shoes and I can't decide if I should get Nike or Adidas, which by the way, everybody pronounces Mm -hmm. it wrong. It's Adidas. Hmm. (laughs) And the whole, everybody just says it wrong. But it's like one of those things where everybody says it wrong. So it's honestly not even Adidas anymore. I did. Yeah. My friends, like my friends from Europe told me that they're like, technically it's Adidas. Or, I'm like, That's yeah. Right. That just sounds so wrong. Adidas. Yeah. All day I dream about soccer. I think that's where it started. Which it wow. makes sense. But so yeah, that's what I'm undecided about. I just don't I think know. You should get, I think you should get Brooks. I think you should get Brooks or... New Balance, probably. Mm. Brooks makes a good running shoe. Oh, just oh, you know what? There, there's this one that my brother's obsessed with. It's like, actually, I have to. Oh, you like the Hoka? The name. One of those. It's like, I think it's called Alpha, like Omega or like yeah, Alpha I think or something. I'm, I'm not. I'm actually gonna ask my brother because he's like obsessed with it, and he says the best running Ooh. shoe. All right. Well, Jimmy, thank you for talking to us. This has been a very enlightening episode i feel way more informed absolutely happy to happy to do it i really hope i like broke it down in an okay way but no it was great we understood (laughs) that's that's good yeah so it makes it makes way more sense to me now cool so thank you very much no problem natalie good to to see you yeah you well i can't see you but good to hear you (laughs) yeah we'll we'll all reunite soon yeah bye jimmy Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope that this was helpful. Please leave us a five-star review. Just do it. It takes five seconds. And subscribe so you are notified when new episodes come out. And while you're subscribing, you might as well follow us on Instagram. It's at The Undecided Podcast. Leave us a little comment. Send us a DM. All right. See you next week.